Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by a lesson, a a podcast lesson, if you will, a, a, a lesson on podcast structure for those of you who have never heard a podcast before. So what we're in the middle of right now is called our cold open. We'll begin with a brief joke, a sponsor, a fake sponsor, a discussion about just our general feelings, and then we go into what's called an intro. It's usually a, a type of theme music, and then that's followed by the subject that is in the heading of the episode. <laughs> now, the reason I'm addressing this is because apparently everybody couldn't get past the first two minutes of the intro from the last episode to hear the actual discussion on the 49ers. People were a little bit confused as to why we discussed our city being blessed at the beginning of the intro and not the three takeaways from minicamp when they just held on a couple minutes after the cold open and after the theme song, they would have heard the actual podcast, the subject matter being discussed in the podcast. I think that about wraps it up. What do you think, Ray? I think someone was even generous enough to put the timestamp of when all of this, uh, when the topic of discussion our A topic, the IE three takeaways from 49ers minicamp, even put a timestamp in the comments for you guys. So just in case, just in case, just in case you didn't just feel like case. hearing the intro, wanted to just so get now, right to the meat of it. <laughs> so now for those of you who are now hearing their second podcast ever, or you're coming back to try us again. Now, you know how these things work. Now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com at The Goldcast, Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast, and you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment, and we will read them off live during our recordings even if they are <laughs> live during our recordings <laughs> even if they're an unfavorable comment my my favorite still is the one where the guy said something to the equivalent of that he was gonna find a rope to hang himself with do you remember that oh that yeah. comment <laughs> that was hilarious it was i was so funny I don't even remember what we had said that angered him so much. I have no idea, but he had, yeah. Oh, man, that was too funny. Okay, so here we go. We are going to have instant reactions, instantaneous reactions to the Warriors draft night. A pretty, a pretty busy night for the Warriors. And then we're going to go into this Kevin Durant trade rumor business. Uh, before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at Ray Solis and Instagram at Ray Solis One. Awesome, and I'm on Instagram at Rudy Solis Three and Twitter at Rudy Solis Three R D. The greatest fanalist in the game is here. Your professor of fanalism is here. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! 
Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa I, baby. Let's get to it. All right, guys. So, Gold Cast Nation, the NBA draft was here. It is done. It's over. And the NBA draft is completely different than the NFL draft. It's two rounds. It's very short. And in this sport, Ray, as you know as well as I do, the number one pick is usually the real deal, like the first two or three guys. And then you're kind of scraping at the bottom of the barrel, depending on where you go. Now, having said that, Steph, Clay, Draymond, all were were not first round picks or not first, not the first picks of the draft. They were in the first round, but not the first picks of the draft. And still look at the amount of production. Let's talk about what happened today with the Warriors. I want to hear your perspective on this. So let's start with number one, the 28th pick. Jordan Poole was a shooting guard from Michigan. The 41st pick was Eric Pascal, Pascal. I don't know how to say that. I apologize to Mr. Eric. Power Ford from Villanova. And the 58th pick was Mai Oni. Uni? Again, I'm butchering this name. Shooting guard from Yale. And then we traded to get Alan Smagialik. Alec? Ajik? I am just. <laughs> Your guess is as good as. I mine. am butchering these names like no tomorrow. I apologize to all of you. Yeah, from yes, we could say we just say NBA draft, <laughs> who was from New Orleans, who we actually had previously drafted. So Raymond, let's talk about. You could talk about them individually. You could talk about them as a whole. Let we we obviously we're not big college guys, but let's talk about this from a strategy point. What is the strategy behind Bob Myers and crew for getting these particular four players onto the Warriors? Well, there's two shooting guards of. With the exception of Allen Draftee, there's <laughs> there's Jordan Jordan and Mai Mai are both shooting guards and Eric Pascal's a power forward. So the equivalent on the Warriors would be Jordan and Mai are Stephen Clay and then Eric Pascal's Draymond. So they've basically drafted the equivalent position wise, not talent wise of those three players. Now, one of those players is obviously not going to be here for the majority of the season. And the same with Kevin Durant, who also will not be here for the majority of the season. And he's a forward too. He's also a forward. So not necessarily, obviously a much more dynamic player than Clay. Clay's actually a guard, but what this tells me is that they're, Getting guys that I would, I'm assuming here, this is all a guess because we, I don't follow, we don't follow Michigan or Villanova or Yale or we don't follow NCAA on either football or basketball. Although we do follow NFL a little bit leading up to the draft because it's a much bigger campaign leading up to that show. And, and so we do follow tape and l- read scouting reports and such. But in the NBA's regard, they've only been doing this NFL-esque format for not, not, not nearly as long as the NFL. But the thinking, what I'm inferring from this is that they're trying to get positions similar to the ones that are going to be absent because we have a lot of free agents this season and a lot of these guys are going to be gone. So we need young guys to come in and hopefully, you know, contribute. You know, the degree of contribution is obviously the big question. 
I don't think there's super high expectations for either of these either of these three players, and that's necessarily a knock on them. But it's just like the hill that they have to climb, the standard that they're coming into versus Golden State. But also, on the flip side, they're going to be surrounded by players and are going to be very supportive, very encouraging, and are going to push them to tap into the best parts of themselves as far as their position goes. So, you know, Eric Pascal is the one that kind of sticks out to me the most because he's huge. He's six, six, but he's 254 pounds. So he's right around, he's like the same size of a middle linebacker for the NFL. He's right around that size. And, but this is basketball and he moves swiftly according to the reports, of course. And this guy ended up putting up 16 points and six rebounds. So this guy's big. He's kind of like a Draymond with scoring ability, or at least a a bigger version of Draymond with scoring ability. And I don't know. It's kind of intriguing because if this guy can really come into something, I think he can be, there's, there's no limit for either of these guys. It's all based on what they're willing to put out and how far they're willing to take themselves. So they're on a team where that is the normal. So the, so, which is always a good thing. Cause it's like, Oh man, you know, you're going to be on a team where everyone is, is they're like among the top five in the entire association. So you're going to learn from the absolute best. You're going to learn, you're going to watch the best shooting guard, the best point guard, and one of the best point guards. And obviously the the top scoring point guard in the association and Steph Curry. And you're also going to watch one of the best uh, defenders in the entire association and Draymond Green, another forward. So this is going to be great because I don't expect Jonas Jurebko to come back. I don't expect Andrew Bogut to come back. Who knows what Damian Lee is going to, whether he's going to do. We don't know if Alfonso McKinney is going to come back. We don't know if Quinn Cook, what's going to happen with Quinn Cook. We don't know if DeMarcus. Well, let me go to, so let me go down that list. I'll go down that list for you to, 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 we'll break that down. So here's who's under contract. So Steph Curry's under contract, Sean Livingston, Andre Godala, Draymond Green, Alfonso McKinney, he's actually under contract, okay. so he can't move. And then Jacob Evans. Now our free agents, here's our free agents. Quinn Cook, uh, Quinn Cook is restricted. Damian Lee is restricted. Clay Thompson, unrestricted. Jordan Bell, restricted. Kevin Durant, player option. Uh, Jonas Jerebko, unrestricted. Kevin Looney, unrestricted. Andrew Brogett, unrestricted. DeMarcus Cousins, unrestricted. So that whole back end, Jerebko, Looney, Bogut, Cousins are all unrestricted so and then mckinney is under contract so but still you're looking at you're looking at one two three four five six seven eight nine free agents only three of them restricted one with a player option kevin durant and then the rest all unrestricted so that's five unrestricted free agents and there's a good chance that looney looney could get paid bigger money if he wants to chase that money he goes somewhere else who knows what DeMarcus Cousins is going to do and who knows whether or not the Warriors even want DeMarcus Cousins. I think that's also a fair a fair thing to say. Like, do they want him? I don't really I know. Think, yeah, I agree. And then Jonas Jerebko, who really left a lot to be desired in the postseason this year, really just seemed in over his head for most of the post. 
After contributing well during the regular season, too. Yeah, he had a good year. That's what was a little confusing. I liked him during the regular season. I thought he was great. Yes, agreed. And also that was reflected in a lot of analyst talk throughout the year. It wasn't bad. And I don't know if he was just in over his head. I mean, did the the pressure was on. These these guys were in just knockdown, drag out fights every single round with players going down beginning in Houston. You know, we started dropping like flies and just everything got tight and the 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 uh, margin for error was extremely short. It was very very short here. The margin for error was very short, and I could see that maybe Jonas Drebko was just a little in over his head and wasn't quite ready for that level of that level of competition and that level of pressure. Perhaps. I mean, he's a veteran too, though, so I kind of expected more out of him. Alfonso McKinney I thought was pretty solid in the postseason and then kind of tapered off once we got into the finals. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. As far as the draft picks are concerned, I expect some of these guys to – I expect all three of them to show up um, throughout the regular season. It's just a matter of, you know, what what degree of contribution they're going to be able to bring under the tutelage of Steve Kerr and, you know, with the encouragement of this locker room. The, I, I think there's no question that they're going to get good coaching from Kerr and positive encouragement from their teammates. It's just a matter of how well they're going to be able to apply what they learn on the court at an NBA level. Yes. Absolutely. Eric Pascal, 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 Pascal feels like the right way you would say that. But he, he definitely, I find him very intriguing as well. Villanova obviously won a title. And so he, he, he is very intriguing. I also do like Jordan Poole though. The shooting of Jordan Poole is really what seems to have been his highlight. He, he shoots like 83% from the free throw line and at some points in the season was averaging almost three, three, three made threes a game. And so obviously that shooting strength is something that lends really well to the Warriors' structure and to their system. So I, I'm intrigued by Jordan Poole. I think the one I know the least about is the Mioni guy. But Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal, Pascal they just there's, – there's, there's definitely a lot of room there. Villanova's, you know, coming from Villanova, he's been from a championship program. Eric Pascal has. Jordan Poole, not so much, but Michigan obviously has a very storied, uh, storied basketball, um, is about storied basketball school. So interesting. We'll see what happens in the regular season. What do you think? Yeah. Well, Oni, Oni's a two way guard. So he's kind of like a, a Clay Thompson. Is what he is. Only he's not as tall as Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson six seven, Oni is six four. Although they have the same weight, they are both two oh six coming into coming out of college, and so he's got some two way ability. He's got a good jump jump shot. He's got passing ability. So where he might beat Clay is off the dribble, but we'll have to see. He put up seventeen points and six three rebounds, uh, six point three rebounds and three point six assists per games as a junior. Clay was in the 20s um, towards the end of his college career, so not necessarily as potent as Clay. Five-point difference, give or take, you know, that can all change depending on, you know, how they apply themselves. But, um, you know, this is somebody that, you know, is has Clay-like attributes. You know, whether he comes into his own the way Clay has is obviously a different story. You know, the percentage of that is, you know, 
pretty low, not to sound pessimistic, but you never know. You never know. This guy could become something, but I like that he's a two-way player though. This is this him and Pascal both they come they bring defensive potency to the game and Jordan is someone who needs to develop that side of his game more, but the scoring aspect is there, which is great because the Warriors are a shooting team and you need shooters to be on. If you want to play on this team and play in this league today, you got to be able to shoot. There it is. Boom. All right. So obviously the primary focus of Bob Myers is to sign two free agents. One is a free agent. The other one has a player option. And Bob, and those are of course, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. So let's talk about the big rumor, Raymond, that was out today. Brian Windhorst was on Get Up. He was on ESPN this morning, Thursday. We're recording this Thursday night, uh, a little bit later in the evening, at about ten thirty in, in the night. And Brian Windhorst said that the Durant situation is still in flux. One of the things that's being discussed right now is that Golden State Warriors would offer Kevin Durant a five-year contract, fifty-seven million more than he could get signing elsewhere. Let him rehab and then work with him to be traded, potentially to New York, potentially to somewhere else. It would be their their way to sort of take care of him monetarily after what he just went through and also protect the franchise to get some assets. If that happens, the Knicks would be in a tremendous position to get back into this because they have those young assets plus cap space. For lack of a better term, it would be a delayed sign and trade is what Windhorse said. Because this is the only team that he can get the five-year max, five-year 220 max to play. He can only get that with us. If he goes anywhere else, he gets, he's only eligible for four years, $164 million uh contract so darn yeah <laughs> this was so much missed out this was okay let, let me let me just go off on this for a minute this has to be the most disheartening information this makes me feel and it asks it begs the question where does kevin durant sit with the warriors right now what is his where is he at this makes me feel like the this idea that the Warriors rushed him out and that they got him hurt and that this was possibly their fault. This is what this makes me feel like. This is this makes me feel like that is how Kevin Durant feels. And that this this whole idea of this delayed sign and trade is the Warriors trying to make good and make sure that KD ends up in a good place and that, you know, at least we end on amicable terms. That is really weird because the the story coming out of the injury was that this was a decision made as a group. His his reps came out and said that they that they were okay with the decision. Kevin Durant said he thought he could play. The doctors said he could play. So this feels like to me like the narrative has changed a little bit in the last week. And it makes me feel like maybe Durant feels differently now about the situation than he did seven days ago or a week ago or whenever the hell this I don't even know anymore. It's all a blur. And so that's just disheartening. And it's a little concerning and I really hope this isn't true because I've been saying that, you know, and they're, they're, they're still saying that Woj tonight on the draft was saying he wasn't sure that even Durant wants to make this decision independent of everybody else. And that he, this is a decision he wants to make for himself independent of everyone else. So that to me tells me Ray and Goldcast Nation, that tells me that he still hasn't fully made up his mind, but it does sound like there's a little bit of resentment here. And it does sound like there's a little bit of resentment and a feeling from from Kevin Durant that he may have been pressured into this. And it's it's just the it's the energy 
around what this story could possibly mean that bugs me more than anything. Well, and it also bugs me the idea that he could be traded away. I don't. I want to see Kevin Durant spend the next five years here. And Woj said his deal was not, his mind was not made up. He was far from a decision. He has a little bit more time. He's got basically, you know, another week or so. Uh, that 10, 15, I think like uh, 10, uh, 10 days, I think is what he has before he has to make a decision. That's not something I fact check. I don't have time for that here. And so it just, it was just, it was disconcerting. It was disconcerting. It was a little weird. And I feel like the narrative has changed a little bit. Raymond, what do you think? It's hard to know because sometimes I feel like these media experts are guessing. I mean, they are because they're not inside Kevin's head. Not like Kevin has come out and made any official public statements. So, and especially but, about the Bay, you notice like if it yeah. comes to like New York or Boston, they're going to be right. But there's so many people in those markets. But anytime they try and take guesses about the Bay, a lot of times they're wrong because they're not really insiders here. And the 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 media here, as we've talked about critically, you know, sometimes critically and sometimes to an advantage is that they're they don't really this isn't really an open market. We're not an open book. You can go to, you can find out what's happening in Boston, New York. There's a hundred insiders that can give you information, but you don't have that kind of access in, in the Bay area. No, you don't. And in Kevin's case, there's some stuff that you can read in between the lines. Like a, he has, if he, if he was truly just content, he would have picked up that option a long time ago and just put everything to rest. So the fact that he hasn't lends some truth to the fact that he is, you know, undecided. But at the same time, if he was just ready to go somewhere, then, you know, he would have been, I think he'd, there'd be rumors of saying so-and-so is negotiating with so with Kevin Durant's camp or vice versa. We would have heard something like that. We haven't. So I think the one thing that is most likely true is that he's undecided. And right now he's kind of in limbo, but we do know that the Warriors are obviously talking to him and they're obviously helping him with his rehab. So there is that. And I, for even though it sounds kind of odd, his injury kind of plays into the Warriors' court, into the Warriors' hand a lot better than if he was healthy and we were three peating. Agreed. What, did, what do you think about this idea? Do you get the same impression that this idea of this delayed sign and trade? Does it give you the impression that perhaps there is a little bit of bad blood coming from Kevin Durant towards the Warriors? Maybe, but I just don't know, you know, because he didn't say any of that when he got injured. You know, I believe Bob Myers, he's not like a snake in the grass kind of GM. He's not shady. They're really upfront and honest, very similar to the way that the 49ers front office works. They're very similar in that regard where they're they're mostly transparent and there's not a whole lot of drama. You know, there was some this season because, you know, there was a free agency that became an issue. And I think that obviously got under the skin of Draymond Green, at, 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 you know, earlier in the season. And he obviously lashed out about that. But outside of that, I mean, there's not really a whole lot of baggage that this team carries around that's in constant circulation with the media and it's you know there's no hoopla 
there it's just been Kevin Durant. That's been the only thing that's been talked about to great length this year. And that's where is he going to go if he decides to go? And that's understandable. Anytime you have a superstar like that, especially when you're the best player in the league, then you're going to get you're going to get that kind of media circulation around you. And if you play into that, you're just going to galvanize it, which is what Kevin does, unfortunately, in my opinion. But I think there's, you know, it's like it's like it's like you say, you know, there's 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 their side. There's, you know, there's the media story, there's Kevin's story, and then there's the truth. So I think it's somewhere in between somehow. I think Kevin is clearly undecided, but I think he is talking to the Warriors right now, and, and rightfully so, and vice versa, they're talking to him. I don't think there's a whole lot of teams that are really in the mix right now. There's just, it's all speculative. Right now, the, the one thing that I think is, is pretty much set in stone that's happening right now as we speak is that the Warriors have first crack at Kevin Durant. Whether he agrees to that or not, you know, remains to be seen. Agreed. I think that they do have first crack at him. And I really hope, truly, that he resigns. I have made this very apparent. And I really, I kind of thought it was a done deal after the Clay injury. And now, obviously, with this new information, we're not entirely sure. You know, I will say this. That's Probably one of the coolest parts about the NBA is all of this movement. It's as interesting as interesting as the actual playing itself is the drama of where these players go because in the NBA, obviously in the association, one player's move just changes everything. You know what I mean? It does. Just like when Kevin Durant moved the first time, just like when LeBron went to Miami, you know, a lot of moving parts started to, you know, get moving, so to speak. And I think the other thing, too, is that with Durant, it's just, it's such an, I feel like this one has been a little bit more more polarizing than even the LeBron one, just because Kevin Durant is such a unique player. Like, he's his size and his ability is something we've never seen before. And it's even more unique than LeBron's freakish athleticism not to take away anything from LeBron he's obviously a very talented athlete but Kevin Durant at his height it's just it doesn't normally happen you know the the next player that I can think of that's that's that tall with that type of talent was Dirk Nowitzki and Dirk Nowitzki was just a pure shooter he didn't even have half the athleticism that Durant has or the dribbling ability Kevin Durant dribbles his dribbling is phenomenal but I mean it just, uh, it's just so, it's kind of frustrating because you're like, just get on with it already. Like, if if it's if he's gonna leave, then just you know, rip the bandaid off and let's all move on. But if he's not, you know, then get something done so you know we can end the anxiety already. Agreed. That I think that is the most painful part for Goldcast Nation, right? It's the anxiety. It's not even the, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like you're in a relationship and you're not sure if the girl you love is going to stay or not. (laughs) You're like, do you love me? Are we going to work this out? Are you going to leave? Just make a decision because I've been sitting here for a week and I don't know what's happening and everything's weird. Like that's, and I think that's truly what everyone feels like. That's the, that's the anxiety. I think everybody feels is, is this, is this real? Is it not? Are you done? Are you going to stay? Are you going to go? What's going to happen? And I think more than anything else, 
for us, the fans, for you, Goldcast Nation, and for us as well, it's the goddamn anxiety. That's what drives us the most nuts. It's that KD anxiety. I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna call this section, by the way, KD anxiety. If you see it second on the podcast list, that means it goes second in the order of what we talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just for those of you taking notes. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who this is the first podcast you've ever heard in your life, that's that's how this works. But so back to this. Just oh my god, it's the anxiety that you nailed it. That's the nail in the coffin. It's the anxiety. That's what drives us nuts. The not knowing, the unsureness, the unsteadiness, the inability for us to either move on with our fandom or start to re up and get ready for a, uh, get ready for a year from now. We can't do either. We're just sitting here waiting, and we don't know what's going to happen. And every day there's news every other direction coming from a lot of different sources and. That is, that's the most frustrating part. Well said, Ray. Thank you. All right. So let's get to a couple of our boys. So let's start first. We're going to go back a couple weeks to our mailbag here. So Toronto wasn't the better team, just the healthier one. That was our two podcasts ago. Our boy Jabari Owens said this title is 100% facts then our boy dax so raymond you weren't here the first time dax responded dax as we mentioned before is not just a long time he's literally listened since the first episode which is crazy dax has been there but we've known dax since kindergarten at saint john's in san francisco and his brother joshua both yep raymond is actually fun fact raymond is actually the godfather of joshua's daughter that's how close they are. Facts. All right, so here we go. So Dax said, Ray is back. I can't believe it took me three days to find time to listen to this. Also, Halloween spoiler, dude. Now I have to watch it so I know what you're talking about. Good family film. Great family film. John Niner said, all I got to say, terrible finals. Why I prefer football over lame basketball. Hashtag Niner Empire. <laughs> At least he watched. <laughs> At least he watched. And also, I do like that his uh, his avatar is Michael Myers' mask, which I think is hilarious because <laughs> I did mention that. Saddlebag said, I say disappointing. Injuries just mounted. Starters were either out or completely hobbled on the court. It was a handicap finals. I completely agree. So on three takeaways from minicamp, our boy Dax ju- jumped in again. Warriors back in SF, I still believe. Going to call it and say we make conference first round, but won't make it past that. That Welcome back, Ray. Clearly, Dax is very excited that you're back. We're all very excited that you're back. Raymond, welcome back to the Goldcast. It is just not the same without the greatest fanalists in the game. Glad to be back. So then we have our friend Michael here. I thought this show was supposed to be about the 49ers, not the Warriors. <laughs> To which Mind Virus responds, Niner Talk at the four minute mark. This is what we were referencing earlier. And then Jabari Owens, our boy Jabari Owens says, I just want to see Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, and D Ford get get after the quarterbacks. And I just want to see Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, and Dre Greenlaw baby shake the running backs. <laughs> uh, Jabari, I've never heard anyone refer to it as baby shake the running backs. That is quite, quite funny. 
And then another Michael. This is actually a different Michael. Or maybe maybe it's a burner account. Why is this video about basketball? Clickbait. Went from the Warriors to Niners for a couple minutes to LA Lakers. Thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> to which I told him, uh, we spent the first 23 minutes discussing the 49ers. I don't, I don't, I don't know what we could do, Ray. What, what? The title also says plus AD to the Lakers. I, so if... Uh, if there's another Lakers in the NFL that I'm unaware of, the, an expansion team, and AD is some premier player that's going to go to this new NFL expansion team, then perhaps we owe you an apology for, for <laughs> missing that and giving a misleading title. Totally. <laughs> totally. 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 That's so funny. All right. That, that, that was our mailbag. That was our mailbag here. That's that's what we got. Thank you all. For a, lot, a lot of our regulars chimed in today, and then a couple of Michaels who had no idea where the Niner section was on the podcast. <laughs> Timestamp was four minutes. Timestamp was four minutes. We've got a special episode this Sunday. We are bringing back, now that Ray's back, we're bringing back the Gold Dives. The gold dive is back. Raymond, without giving them any hints, without giving them, telling them what what game we're doing, do you want to drop some hints, some 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 a little flavor for the year? All I'm going to say is that the game has quintessential 49er dramatics. Yes, I will say also, this is from the modern era of the 49ers. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Yes, this is from the modern era. Maybe maybe the last great run. That's all I'm going to say. Right. That's a big clue. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, if, and, if, and if some of you are really that hungry for Niners updates, the one thing I would just add to that, and this is, is that the kicker that we drafted has been getting rave reviews. So as the the era of chicago bear native i can't remember his name what is is our chicago kicker robbie gold as as the era of robbie gold comes to an end and he continues to sit out of all team activities uh, the drafted kicker continues to savor every moment he gets to show off the one asset that is his best which is his leg and so Things have been going good in that regard, so yay, yay for him. Oh, well, well, actually, I take it back because Robbie Gold is actually the kicker, kicker, and our our draftee was a uh, punter, but apparently he's destroying it. That's awesome. According to reports, he's filthy. Quote filthy. <laughs> <laughs> I have <laughs> that was used. That was used to describe it. I have. I will. I can honestly say, in my lifetime watching the NFL, I cannot remember the last time I saw a punter and I was like, "Damn, this dude is filthy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't remember that either. I don't think it's ever been used. But apparently, this guy is filthy. See, I could see in the war room on draft day. The Niner brass, they're all sitting there and they're going, yeah, uh, well, but is he filthy? (laughs) (laughs) How filthy is this foot? Yeah, how how filthy is this foot? (laughs) Are we talking like like mud? 
Are, are we talking literally filthy or metaphorically filthy? What filthy are we discussing? <laughs> How filthy is this guy? Is he so filthy his foot is actually dirty? Like he has right, a disease? Because that's inevitable. In fact, that's every player on our roster. <laughs> <laughs> How filthy is this guy? That's hilarious, right? Filthy. Uh, that is going to be definitely something we use over and over again is how filthy. But how filthy is this month? month? Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess the ratio of, of like punts like p- inside the 10 is like it's been ridiculous uh, during offseason uh, training or offseason mini camps and stuff. He's been nailing inside the 10 and 20 like like consistently nonstop. Well, I will say this. Filthy. <laughs> just pure filth it's been filthy with, with those inside the 10 kicks this punter is filthy af just filthy well i hope we rarely get to see it this year i hope we're like who is this filthy punter i wish i knew we we're making so many touchdowns i have no idea who this guy is <laughs> yeah that's the goal that is the goal raymond any last thoughts before we sign off that i hope you guys are now a little bit more enlightened on podcast formats <laughs> how they work how the topic arrangement is discussed, how it's disseminated, and how the titles are accurate to the information that's conveyed in the podcast, too. Just hope all of that comes through now. Yes, so that we don't have to do this again. We hope this is the last time we have to deliver a lesson on podcast structure. This is this is a this is when class is a session. We we, we want to talk about. Fanalism and fanalists, and if, and I want the fanalists to speak. We don't actually want to discuss the structure of this podcast. That's actually not what class is in session for. Yeah, our our title's just going to be NBA Draft 49ers Filthy Punter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We're the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis the Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. Let's get after it, baby. Big gold dive on Sunday. Here we go. This is, is the Gold Cast.